2: Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or calling 312-726-1243. Should the government be able to force a pro-life pregnancy center to tell women where they can get an abortion? Today, our guest is Tom Glesner, founder and president of the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, commonly known as NIFLA, a public interest law firm committed to legal counsel and training for pregnancy resource centers. In 2018, NIFLA had a major victory in the United States Supreme Court in the case of NIFLA versus Becerra, that upheld free speech. Tom, welcome to our show.
0: I'm very happy to be with you, Witt. thank you.
2: Uh, Tom, uh, can you tell us what NIFLA does and why it was formed?
0: Sure, NIFLA is a a legal organization that provides legal counsel, education, and training for uh, pro-life pregnancy centers around the country. We were formed, uh, we, we were started in 1993, and today we serve uh, more than 1,500 pro-life pregnancy centers in, in all 50 states. Uh, of the, that number, 1,200 are medical clinics that supply needed medical services, particularly ultrasound confirmation of pregnancy. So we provide counsel, legal audits, training, legal advice over the phone, uh, those types of things.
2: Okay. And you mentioned Pregnancy Resource Center. What, what are they, and what happens when a pregnant woman visits such a center?
0: Well, Pregnancy Resource Center, that's a generic term for, and maybe another generic term to use would be Pregnancy Centers. Uh, these are pro-life agencies that uh, exist and founded to provide alternatives to abortion to mothers who are thinking about abortion. Um, of the uh like I say of our membership fifteen hundred there are twelve hundred that are medical, and those medical clinics actually provide what we call ultrasound confirmation of pregnancy, so that a mother who's seriously considering abortion before she makes a final decision, she will have an opportunity to view an ultrasound image of her child and Of course, the ultrasound exam is done for medical and legal reasons to confirm pregnancy, but in the process, this young mother will be able to see the ultrasound image of her child, and we find that 90% of those mothers who are thinking about abortion, serious about abortion, who see that image, will choose life. So it's a very powerful, powerful tool. The Prince Resource Center's offer needed support, uh, material resources, referrals, uh, f- uh, all sorts of items that just empower these mothers to choose life and encourage them during a very difficult time.
2: Well, I remember uh, my kids were born uh, all of them over 30 years ago and the ultrasounds in those days kind of showed you a lump. But the yeah. uh, the ones uh for my grandchildren uh were really far more detailed and I could see where this would have a huge effect on uh, on on women who were thinking about abortion that hey, this is a real child here.
0: Yep, it, it really does.
2: And uh d- Do you have you seen an increase in um, the ability of these pro life centers uh, to to convince uh, women or encourage women not to have an abortion?
0: Well, sure. Um, the the anecdote it's anecdotal stats, but they're they've been pretty consistent from the beginning. For centers that are not medical, a pregnancy center that's just a counseling center provides good counsel, good education, good support services to these mothers, they will see basically 20 to 25% of these women choose life and and have their babies. When that center goes medical, and we do have stats on this, our stats show that when they go medical and they see an ultrasound image of their child before they make this decision, that number jumps to about 90% will choose life. It's an incredible jump there. In addition centers that go medical are seeing a lot more women who are considering abortion, simply because those women who are considering abortion have to have an answer to one major question, and that question is, am I pregnant? (laughs) Until they know they're pregnant, uh, don't talk about abortion. So as a medical clinic, a center can provide a medical diagnosis of pregnancy through the supervising doctor, the medical director, and the medical staff. So that allows them to answer that question immediately. Because of that, far more women are coming into the medical clinics than ever before.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates. With a biblical perspective. Today, we have been speaking with Tom Glesner, the founder and president of NIFLA, about NIFLA's recent win in the Supreme Court. Uh, and, Tom, uh, what what's wrong with. Uh, well, let me ask you first what is the California law that was at stake in uh, the NIFLA versus Becerra case say?
0: Well, first, just a really brief history. In 1982, Planned Parenthood out of its New York office has launched a major crusade, I'll use a word, to smear, slander, and close down the work of pro-life pregnancy centers. They accuse centers of being deceptive, of illegally practicing medicine, of being fraudulent, and uh, that campaign has existed for well over 30 years, and they've attempted in various states to pass legislation to... Uh, close them down or to put them under consumer protection laws claiming they're fraudulent in their advertising so the California law we dealt with uh, and by the way we we've, we've basically been successful in stopping all those those attacks they're all false that narrative is false it's a lie, and uh, the centers do everything they can to be uh, upfront honest and and work with integrity uh, but the California law because we've been winning uh, on these attempts, they decided to just ratcheted up a bit, and so they passed a law that mandated that pro-life medical clinics post a sign in their waiting area that tells the incoming patient, number one, she has a right to a state-funded abortion, and number two, gives them a phone number to call to get that abortion process started. So even before we could even talk to this woman about anything, they're faced with a sign, they can take out their cell phone, call and and schedule an appointment with the state and leave and go get an abortion. So we sued uh, on behalf of our network in California. Uh, our case was based on the, the clear allegation that this was a violation of free speech. Uh, compelled speech by the government to speak a message with which you fundamentally disagree is a violation of our First Amendment rights to speech. Uh, we sued the state of California on that in the Ninth Circuit. Uh, we lost our motion for preliminary judgment and in, uh, preliminary injunction. In district court, uh, the Court of Appeals upheld the district court. We appealed to the United States Supreme Court, and we won. The decision came down last June, finding that California law unconstitutional.
2: Okay, well, uh, what were the the primary issues that were uh, uh, at issue in the case, the argument before the Supreme Court?
0: Well, nobody should be forced by the government to speak a message with which they fundamentally disagree nobody should be forced by the government to speak a message that violates their consciences pro-life pregnancy centers are set up to provide a pro-life alternative to abortion and they do not promote abortion they do not refer for abortion and this law was mandating that they become an abortion referral agency and if they failed to comply then they would be fined heavily and probably closed down so the issue was compelled speech Speaking a message that you do not agree with, um, and uh, that was that was clear in the opinion of the court that they would not tolerate it.
2: All right, and uh, but we we require uh, tobacco companies to put uh, messages that they may not agree with on their on their uh, packages. How does this case differ from that?
0: Well, tobacco companies are selling a product that has serious health risks. Um, Pregnancy centers were being forced to refer for abortion. They're not selling anything with any health risks at all. This law is mandating them to speak a message that they don't agree with. Tobacco companies may not like having to post that, but it's hard to disagree with science that tobacco causes cancer lung cancer. Uh, Pregnancy centers were being forced to refer to uh, abortion uh, abortion providers. Now, it, it would be like the government forcing Alcoholics Anonymous to post a sign in their waiting area advising their adherence to where the local liquor store is or if you want to use a tobacco analogy it would be like the government forcing the american cancer society to promote cigarettes that's what it's like so so tobacco companies dealing with a product that injures the health of someone is far different and certainly they can be uh, compelled by government in that case to disclose what the risks are of smoking cigarettes
2: Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a, a, a very important distinction. And we're talking about uh, people in these, um, in these pregnancy resource centers who are committed to the pro-life uh, cause because they're all there volunteering their time and working for this one thing. And to require them to tell people where they can get an abortion uh, is really just contrary to their whole uh, life. That
0: is so correct. To, to ask them to do that is to deny the fundamental principles upon which they stand and to destroy their very mission.
2: Coming up, we will talk further with NIFLA's founder and president, Thomas Glessner, about the challenges in facing pregnancy resource centers and how they can resist. I'm Whit Brisky, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
1: David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Malkin Baker our allies in this mission and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Malkin Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs. Putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Malkin Baker to fight for you. Malkin Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Malkin Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at malkbaker.com.
2: Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm with Brisky, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today we've been speaking with the founder and president of NIFLA, Thomas Glesner, about the implications for all of us of the NIFLA NIFLA versus Becerra case recently decided by the Supreme Court. And uh, before we get into the the broader implications, are there any uh, states that are resisting uh, the Becerra ruling?
0: Well, right now, your state of Illinois is um, Illinois in 2017 passed a law a little bit different. It it it's a mandate on uh, medical uh, professionals, physicians. A mandate that they must refer for abortion, regardless of their feelings about it. We sued on behalf of our pregnancy medical clinics in uh, Illinois on that, and we we've gotten a preliminary injunction that's in violation of the free speech rights, of course. Um, but Illinois is refusing to settle, and they're insisting on discovery and all of that. Um, eh, they're they're definitely going to lose here, but um, you know, I don't know what's what's motivating them. Uh, but Illinois I just want one state that, that's doing it. Other states, we've been uh, following the uh, legislative proposals quite carefully this year. Nothing has really come up. I, you know, we had some. Some uh, legislators made comments uh, during the, the winter after our case came down that they were going to correct this and pass legislation that would be upheld, but nothing has happened to date. But Illinois is the primary one we're looking at right now.
2: Well, I know about the Illinois because uh, we're involved in that case ourselves. Right. So. Um, okay, well, tell me about uh, the broader implications of this ruling for people who m- may not even agree with us on the uh, pro-life issue.
0: Well, uh, first of all, it's free speech, and everybody has a right to speak, and everybody has a right to not be compelled to speak something that they, if, with which they fundamentally disagree. So in Hawaii, for instance, uh, in 2017, the state of Hawaii passed uh, almost identical law to California, but we have one of the pregnancy centers in Hawaii that operates inside the confines of a church, the Calvary Chapel of Pearl Harbor. So, and, and the Prince Center is not separately incorporated as the ministry arm of the Church. Uh, that means the Church under the Hawaii law must post the sign inside its narthex advising women to come in they have a right to a state-funded abortion and uh, a phone number to call to get it started. Uh, because of the NIFA versus Becerra decision, uh, Hawaii backed off and agreed to a permanent injunction, so we, we won that one we're hopeful about illinois as you're very well aware of that that law with uh... but even in a broader context um, various attempts by some states to criminalize what they call conversion counseling i don't like that phrase but that's what they're calling it and conversion counseling would be where a priest or a pastor or a christian counselor is dealing with someone who's a homosexual in the gay lifestyle and counseling them to change their sexual orientation and change their, their sexual lifestyle. Uh, there have been attempts to criminalize that and make these priests, pastors, counselors criminals for, for counseling in that way. Uh, California, of course, was ready to pass a law like that. Um, NIFA versus Becerra came down, and the sponsor of the bill pulled the bill, even though it had the votes passed, saying, We will lose under NIFA versus Becerra. Likewise, in Florida, we had a, a judge ruling that under Nifla versus Becerra, these attempts are not allowable. So, has much broader implications uh, just beyond the Princeton Center uh, movement. And we're very, very happy, excited about that.
2: Well, as a lawyer who uh, also, besides pro-life issues, works on free speech issues, every one of these Supreme Court cases that comes down that strengthens free speech, whether I personally agree with that speech or disagree with that speech is good for preserving the ability to debate these issues in public. And so uh, we congratulate you for, for working on this. Um,
0: well, we're excited about it. We, we feel like it, it really preserved the, uh, the essentials of our Constitution. We really believe that.
2: You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Tom Glesner, founder and president of the pro-life public interest law firm NIFLA, about its efforts to protect unborn children throughout the United States. And, uh, Tom, besides uh, litigating this case in the Supreme Court, what kinds of things does NIFLA do, uh, particularly for, uh, for the public in general, for um, these pregnancy centers, and for lawyers who might uh, uh, be like-minded?
0: Well, as, as I said earlier, we're a, a legal organization that... that has a network of more than 1,500 pro pregnancy centers uh, across the nation, of which uh, around 1,200 are licensed medical clinics. So my, my typical day with, wouldn't be much different than a typical day that you have. You know, I'll come to the office, I'll so open up email, there'll be uh, questions, legal questions that we want to respond to, we'll get phone calls about issues, uh, we have training scheduled where we go out and train centers on the legalities of what they're doing in medical and ultrasound, Uh, board development, all of that stuff. So we really are uh, uh, committed to promoting the health and the best practices of pro-life pregnancy centers, because we believe that is the future on the abortion issue. If Roe vs. Wade is reversed tomorrow, abortion doesn't stop. And the main people that are going to be fighting the pro-life battle as they are right now are these pro-life pregnancy centers that are in every community across the country. They ask about lawyers, we, we do have a, a, a course, an annual event every year. I would l- invite lawyers listening to it to consider it. It's coming up in May of this year. It's called our Legal and Medical Summit. And three days, attorneys can come and they get some great lectures and information, but also great fellowship with other like-minded lawyers. And I know you've been involved in these things in the past, but it really is very exciting to be a part of a group like that. So we'd invite people listening if they're attorneys or... Even non-attorneys. You're all welcome. You're all welcome.
2: (laughs) Well, that sounds like a great event. Uh, Now, what should a pregnancy center do if they find themselves in a position where their rights are being violated?
0: Well, we have, of course, you guys, I I believe, are on the list, too, but uh, we we have a, a... a network of uh, sympathetic pro life attorneys. So, for instance, I, I'm licensed in two states. Uh, I'm licensed in the Supreme Court and in federal court. But, for instance, I, I can't practice law in Arkansas. I, what I can do is uh, give general information and, and advice as to what the law is generally, but I have to then counsel, You've got to seek a, a attorney license in, in Arkansas that it goes beyond just this conversation, and you need a real uh, legal representation. So if we do not have someone on that list, we would contact other groups like Christian Legal Society, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, and hopefully locate an attorney in Arkansas to work on that case. Uh, but if the senator's got an issue, they got a problem, call us. Let's sort it through. Uh, find out what what are the issues. Uh, generally, the advice and counsel we give initially kind of solves it for them and helps them proceed. Sometimes we have to try to secure local counsel to take it further.
2: Okay. Well, and, and but you kind of serve as a quarterback for this and make sure that the people get the help that they need.
0: I always love football analogies. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's uh, a
0: good good analogy.
2: Never played myself, but
0: uh, oh, I, uh, I played it, loved it. Uh,
2: how can how can pro-life pregnancy centers or, and their supporters uh, counter the myth uh, that they are really just fake clinics or fake uh, are fraudulent?
0: Well, we we have written so much on this, and in our trainings we go over that. for, for instance. Uh, of the, the medical clinics. The, they are licensed medical clinics if they have a licensed physician, licensed to practice medicine in that state and supervises medical services. And, and we encourage centers who operate in that regard, and that's our advice, that that license of the doctor be up on the wall to mm-hmm. show people we are a licensed clinic. Um, so, to say you're a fake clinic, you're not a fake clinic, you are a clinic. And all they mean by a fake clinic is you don't refer for abortion and you don't promote abortion. So that's what they mean by being a fake clinic. In order to counter that is just best practices. We do legal audits. We do trainings. We have uh, programs that just ensure that they understand what best practices are, that we operate above board, we operate legally within the confines of the law, particularly when, when you're pro- providing medical services. What are, the, what are the legal requirements of that? Uh, just to operate above board, and then to make sure your websites and your promotional materials emphasize that and talk about that. Uh, one one particular uh, very interesting point, if I have time to do this, is in oral argument before the Supreme Court. Uh, I believe it was Justice Kennedy asked the state of California. Well, a council, uh, has the state of California ever taken any legal action against these pranks and standards for what you claim are fraudulent and deceptive trade practices? And the answer was no. Well, well wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. We already have laws in California and every other state uh, prohibiting deceptive trade practices and false advertising, and they have never, ever taken a center to court over that. Tom, that's, well, that's, reason-
2: a, that's an admission, I think, on their part. Well, Tom, where can we find uh, information about NIFLA?
0: Sure, go to our website, NIFLA, I F L A. dot org. NIFLA dot org is our website.
2: I urge you to do that and, uh, and to consider uh, what you can do to help this organization. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with legal updates, or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Whit Brisky, attorney at Malkin Baker. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
0: Yes indeed, you're gonna have to stop somebody